Hey, Bruce, hand me that hydro spanner. I'm trying to get this uh, roulette table unstuck. Sure. Here you go. Uh, this thing is such a pain. It's like every couple of months it does this. Well, I mean, we need to get maintenance down here to fix it. I don't know why they're not getting their act together and help us. Dude, have you ever tried to command an Ugnot around? <laughs> yeah, and look what happened last time. Hey, uh, guys? Uh, yeah, what's up, Nathan? Hey, uh, the toilet in the vault is clogged. There's no toilet in the vault, Nathan. Is it? There isn't? What the hell have I been using for the last two months? Uh, Bruce, why don't you go help him out and I'll uh, keep working on this roulette table. I'm going to require a raise for this one. Enjoy your stay. Hello, what have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, Fun Club. Welcome, scoundrels, to the 22nd episode of the Cloud City Casino Podcast. We're glad to have you visiting us here, Among the Clouds, and we are the official collecting and gaming podcast of the StarWarsReport.com, and I am the administrator of this facility, and your host, Michael Morris. Joining me, always, like the Lobot to my side, that sounds stupid. Hey, Bruce, that's you. I don't know if I'm stupid or the low bite comment was stupid. Or it was what's the comment. Stupid. It's my brain. I need to give me one of those fancy, you know. You need the low bot thing. Yeah. I don't even know. What is that called that goes around the low bot's head? You know who might know? Who? Our guest. I know who the guest is. Well, who's our guest? Nathan P. Butler. That was a really good Mark impression. I know. Thank you. Wow. That was, that was scary. Like, Mark? Mark? Is he down in the toilet? What happened to Mark? <laughs> no, but hey, yeah, the, those are uh, just cybernetic implants. I'm sure there's a model number of some kind, but as much as I'm stuck on minutia, it's more chronological minutia, so I just call it the thing Lobot and Sibo have on their heads. That's right. Sibo has one now, too. So I wonder, Ooh, Sibo. I wonder if they're the same model or if uh, Rodians get different ones than humans. I don't know. They have bigger heads, don't they? I would think so. I don't know. I wonder if it's a one-size-fits-all. Or maybe they sell them different on Lothal than they do in Bespin. Maybe it's like, you know, different stores, different manufacturers. We could ask Lobot, but if you read the Lando miniseries, I'm not sure Lobot's going to be able to answer us anytime soon. (laughs) Oh, see, the continuity reference has already begun. Oh, I need to to get on this. I only read the first one, and I was all brothered out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's true. He, he doesn't say brother, and, and Lando doesn't say brother nearly as much in the rest of the series. It was it's kind of like a one-joke issue, and now that you get the rest of the series, I don't think the joke works anymore. But, but for, for you, it'll still work then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. I don't know about you guys, but I've been playing this new uh, Star Wars Uprising. Yes, I've been playing it too. Although I don't know how successful I am at this, but I have been playing it. I'm at level nine. Oh, I... It's been... A couple of weeks since I picked it up until we started talking about it here as a topic for the show. And I got as far... I've maxed it out, basically. I've gotten to level 40 as far as the character is concerned. Um, There's barely any missions that I can go on. And now I get to wait for the community to eventually unlock Bespin because the entire story of the game up to the Bespin point really kind of feels like it's all supposed to be prologue. It's... Bizarre. There's an interesting twist that finally happens right when you reach the end of the, the the level 40 mission, and then it just stops dead 
because we're waiting on Bespin to be unlocked, which for various reasons, which I'm sure we can get into, doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon. Well, that's not very good because, I mean, that's one of the things that I was looking forward to. I mean, you can see it on the map as much as you want. You can see that word <laughs> Bespin as much as you want, and that's cool and all, but you're not going there. Yeah. I'm, I'm still stuck on uh, Burning Khan. Yeah, Burning Khan. You got Burning Khan, Matau, Narhippa that you do eventually wind up going to, Hoth, Anoat from, you know, the Empire Strikes Back, Anoat system, which I always thought was I know that system for years. <laughs> right. um, and then you've got Bespin. But I do you, do we want to get into, like, the mechanics of it? I mean, I don't know what you guys want to get into. This was such a promising game. The premise was so awesome. Well, I, And really, mechanics are pretty cool. It's just... It isn't turning out to fulfill its promise, it feels like. Now, I know a lot of people seem to like to get to that end game, and they do... Since, since this is supposed to be, like, an MMORPG, or mass multiplayer online role-playing game... Ugh, that's a mouthful. Um... But, I mean, I know a lot of times people are like, oh, no, the, the fun part is, you know, you grind till the end and then you go off and you do raids and stuff. I mean, is that, do you think? There's no such thing. Okay. Well, well you grind until the end and then you grind some more. <laughs> so, Except well, now the community has to grind in a very specific way or Bespin never gets unlocked. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. And, and everybody's just being lazy. Sort of. The idea is... Uh, uh, We've talked about the, this on the show before a little bit as far as like the, the story premise. Mm-hmm. But and how much, how much do we need to be concerned about spoilers at this point as far as the, what little story there really is to dig into and the point that right now is sort of an ending point? Well, I mean, if you just want to say, like, I don't care. I go through and it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut <laughs> up. Yeah, do you actually read those? I do. I followed the story because I had to summarize it for the timeline. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, this was the big. I, it was a big deal to me to get that on there. It's actually why I was playing. I borrowed my wife's tablet because it wouldn't fit on my i my iPad, uh, and my iPad was too old. And playing on my phone was a pain. But basically, you're a smuggler, folks, and you're there with your sister Riley. Wait, I didn't say spoilers yet. No spoilers yet. No well, no, but now everybody no, this is, knows. This is very early on, Michael. I'm, I'm just messing around. <laughs> yeah, this around. is like the beginning. <laughs> I had no idea I was a smuggler. <laughs> well, yeah, see? That's why you read. Reading is fundamental. <laughs> and that's uh, why we have this podcast, so he can learn. <laughs> I thought I was talking well, to Riley well, Blanton. I didn't. If, if you're not big on story and you're just going to click through it, you're going to love Battlefront. <coughs> Excuse me. You all right there? Um, yeah, Battlefront. Uh, anyway, we'll get into uh, that later. You know, so you're a smuggler. You're there with your sister Riley. You've been operating inside this sector, and now that the Battle of Endor has happened, Governor Adelhard, I think is how you say it, has basically locked everything down with the Iron Blockade, and no information's getting in and out. No ships are getting in and out. Basically, it's all kind of a closed system. You're behind the Iron Curtain to use a, the Cold War example. They're obviously going for, and he's controlling information. So people don't know that the Emperor is dead. They don't know that the Rebel Alliance is becoming the New Republic and is kind of ascendant at this point. They still think the Empire is kicking the Rebellion's butt. And that has little to nothing to do with you (laughs) until the end. Um, Okay, I'm glad you said that because I kept thinking, what does that have to do when I'm playing through this game? It's like totally irrelevant. Oh, yeah. The smuggler winds up pulling a Han. 
Instead of dropping a cargo of spice when seeing an Imperial, he spots an Imperial who's trying to do a little inspection and he's carrying hot cargo, these explosive crystals that are very valuable, and has to escape and use the crystals to cover his escape with an explosion, which means that he's now in debt to the gangster he was supposed to be moving it for, Happy Dap. And you spend the entire rest of the game up through basically level 40 with the character, which is sort of level 40 for the missions because each mission has a level requirement you have to meet. And as you go along, for the first few missions, you're getting enough XP out of one mission to be ready for the next one. But eventually, once you hit like the mid-20s and into the 30s, you're playing multiple missions, like the story mission and a bunch of side crap, just to be able to get to the next story mission. And you're locked out in terms of how many different missions of different types you can do per day. So it becomes a day-to-day -day process of trying to go from level to level. Um, by the time you get to the end, or at least what's now the end, the idea is that Happy has this idea for a score of a lifetime. He wants to get an old Imperial shuttle, gather a bunch of data and plans that, of course, is going to send you on fetch quests all over the system, constantly doing the same things over and over again, uh, which in small doses is fine. When you're trying to grind it out to try to see the entire story for the timeline, that's a, it's, it's a <laughs> mind-numbing experience. Um, but the idea is that as ships are trying to go in and out of the blockade, they're being captured and contraband is being stored on these different places on Narhipa over Matau. Uh, it's like a moon over Matau. Oh, it sounds like a romance novel. And <laughs> you wind up trying to steal an Imperial shuttle or get the wreckage of one from Hoth, fix it up, and the, the heist of a lifetime is hit one of those storehouses, steal what you can, and before the Empire can react, hit another one and then hit another one, get as much as you can and just get the heck out of there. Congratulations, score of a lifetime. But that's the entire game up to that point. Until, and now's where the spoilers come in, the last of the storehouses that you hit the information that you find or the thing that you find, it's not rotten food as it was in one case. It's like rotten something that you couldn't even use um, or parts or anything like that. It's a message. It's a message that Leia Organa recorded on the afternoon of the Battle of Endor right after the Death Star was destroyed, basically proclaiming to the galaxy, the Emperor's dead, blah, 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 um, which is marked two months ago. So it's been two months since... Return of the Jedi by the time you get to the end of that, that the current stretch. And the purge troopers are basically assigned to destroy not only anyone who has seen the message or has knowledge of it, but anybody they've even known, any known associates. Just wipe them all out to make sure that the information doesn't get out and screw up things for the governor. Um, which sets you on this path. Again, I think it's kind of like almost like what's there right now as a prologue. It sets you on the path to need to get the heck out of Dodge, get to Bespin, and try to see what you can do from there. You've already made a contact with the Rebellion from one of the people that you needed to do favors for at different points. Uh, Tam Bastion, you got all these syndicates that you've worked for doing favors for to get all the crap you needed for the fetch quests. And you're trying to get the heck out of there to Bespin, and really the status quo has changed. But in the game, there's these things called sector battles, right? Where if I'm on Matau, I can play different battle missions, and as they build up points, eventually it crosses a threshold and a sector battle breaks out over Matau, where there's all kinds of other battles you can do, you can fight the Empire over and over again, there's no daily limit, and earn all kinds of points if you're a no-lifer and you're playing constantly to get these huge point totals and get some cool gear, which is great and all, except when a sector battle erupts in one place, 
all the progress made toward a sector battle in another location goes back to zero. Oh my god. And in order to unlock Bespin, the player base in general has to win X number of sector battles over Bespin. But most players aren't anywhere near going to Bespin at this point. They're giving up partway into the game, or they're still relatively low level because they're not grinding it out. So most of the time that there's a sector battle going on, even when the players who are at Bespin work to get a sector battle going there, before they can ever get it started, it starts somewhere else, sends it back to zero. So I don't know how the community ever unlocks Bespin at this point. <laughs> at some point, the company is just going to have to step in and unlock it for us, or the story comes to a dead stop. So if you're listening and you play, get on Bespin. Amen. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't gotten nearly that far. I'm only on level 12 because it's. I really enjoy the game. I, I love the mechanics of the game, but I because I, I, I play Star Wars uh, Commander... Um, I get in the habit of playing that instead, and then I, I kind of forget about Uprising. I'm like, oh, wait, I have Uprising, and then I go and play that from time to time. So I'm only on level 12, and I, I need to get on getting that up higher. Um, now, did you pre-order it or, or pre-sign up or whatever? I did, where you get, like, I think it's like a Wookiee crew member and one or two pieces of gear to start you out or something like that. Um, there wasn't a huge advantage to it. And I think that's, again, that's another thing that's causing, that, that, that's hindering the game at this point. It's a fun game, and you're right, the mechanics are, are terrific. For a touch-based game, mm -hmm. the mechanics are great. It's a Diablo clone that controls intuitively for the most part, but right. it's just the gear drops are completely random. Right. And... The levels of the gear drops are completely random, no matter what level you are, and it doesn't seem to make a difference in what you loot. You can only play story missions once, and they're mm -hmm. all based on your player, uh, like player rating or whatever. So unless you just spend a lot of time grinding and doing nothing towards story missions at all, you're never going to be able to really do the higher level story missions. And once you've done it, you can't go back and redo it. And the only other way to get loot is through these little like grab bag things, almost like a crane going into the machine with a couple quarters in it to get a stuffed animal. <laughs> right, and you right. pay for that with these crystals that you can either earn very slowly or pay real money for. And even then, the loot that you're getting, the level of loot isn't guaranteed. So right. as you get to be a higher level player, there's less and less incentive to keep playing or to spend real money on it to get better loot, because chances are what's supposed to be better loot is just going to wind up being less than what you've already got. They've, their, their progression system is really screwy in this game. It, it's not even really supporting a money-making model. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that, that's been one of the things I've heard people complain about. There's, they're like, you know, this is a game I was excited about. I have no problem, you know, setting aside a certain amount of money every month but you have no incentive for me to do that yeah i haven't found anything that i felt like i need to spend money on at all right and and so he, here's the thing that i i've found out because i went through and tried to check some stuff out before i, I got because i'm i'm always very meticulous with gaming and, and it takes me a while to kind of get started so that's why i mean I, I could be much higher than level 12 but i would be playing the game wrong in my eyes so you know, I had to make sure and do some certain research and stuff. So what I found was the the best way to kind of advance through the levels 
is when you do upgrades, just upgrade one or two pieces of your equipment at a time. And so, of course, I got the Stormtrooper helmet and the uh, the DL-44 Heavy Blaster, which is really sweet. That blaster is awesome. And so I just put everything... I, essentially, I'll go do a, a story mission, and then I'll just take all of my little... Um, I can't remember what those things are called that you that you uh, upgrade with. Indiscriminate crystal-looking things, which is what all the different things are. They're all different colored, indiscriminate little crystal things. Well, well I was thinking for that, it's these little... Um, well, I guess they are, but they've candy got like, canes. Yeah, that's that's a that's they're a good description. White crystals with little red stripes. They're candy canes. Yeah, yeah. So that's the part where I'm like, what is this? And and I can't tell that they really say what what they are. They're just they're candy cane crystals. That's what they will be for the rest of this show, at least. So anyhow, so I would just basically take all of those that I had to level up, and then be like, okay, um, seemed like last time I was kind of taking a few more hits, so. Uh, my, my stormtrooper helmet. Or I'd be like, all right, well, I was kind of doing fine, but let's put in some more firepower. So I'm like, my my blaster. And I essentially, for like the first 10 levels or so, that's all I leveled. Uh, however, you have to, in order to, to kind of advance some other things in the game, you want to get blueprints, which... Uh, oh, good Lord. <laughs> um, and you obtain the blueprints by leveling up all of the armor in a set, and once that's max, you get the the blueprint for it, and then you can use that blueprint to level up certain other things. Oh man, and that's the again the progression is bizarre. Right. You play a level, and when you replay a level, all you can get are the little XP things for your armor. You can't get the crystals you need to actually upgrade it to the next level. Like you can level up the armor to a certain point, but to get it up to like the next stage, the next star level, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, you have to use these other crystals, which you can't get from the the running back through. But okay, so I've got my gear, which was random. Now that I've got my random gear, I can level it up with these little crystals that I get. Right. But I need to still collect the crap gear and probably spend some of my crystals on more inventory space so I can get a full set of gear and level up all of that gear to get a blueprint. I can use the blueprints to level up my crew members because right. I have to have higher crew members to send them on crew runs, kind of like Assassin's Creed where you can send characters out on missions in the background while you're playing other stuff. Um to send them on crew runs, and I have to be able to send them on higher difficulty crew runs because to do that, I can get a certain type of currency with a faction that's like gold instead of bronze or silver instead of bronze, and that will let me buy better skills to use in combat to use with all my different button taps and so forth. It's this incredibly convoluted progression that gets to a point where progression, again, progression feels like it just stops. Like it's it's grinding for a while, and then it gets to a point where it's it's rusted grinding, right? And and I don't I it's interesting that they managed to tie all the different pieces of character progression together, sort of. <laughs> but the fact that, for instance, I'm level forty, and I'm still running around with some base level or only second tier uh, abilities that my character can use, because I don't have powerful enough crew members. Just even though I've leveled up every single one that I could possibly level up so far, to send on the higher level missions to get the reputation that I need to buy more stuff. It's just, it's bizarre. And again, you would think that if it's going to be a game designed around the idea of microtransactions as their way of making money off of this, they would somehow make it so that you could spend money to 
raise crew lever, uh, crew member levels or to get more of the little reputation stuff that you could use to buy the skills with. And it's not. It's sometimes gear. It's usually you can spend real money to just get stuff that lets you respawn if you die. And you know every mission is only like five minutes long, so what's the big deal? Right, right. Um, yeah, that would be one thing I would suggest to anyone or that I've found at least so far. Like I said, I'm only level 12 um, out of 40, but... Uh, anyone who's not played, you if you die, and I mean, I, I didn't die until about, like I said, level 10. Um, and, and, and at that point, I kind of figured some, some things out, and I'll get into that in a moment. But, but point being, if you die, it gives you the option to either abandon the mission or to, uh, to revive yourself for like, I think it's like 10 of those other crystals. Is that, is that I think that of? changes as you... Go higher up in level, right. the cost to revive gets higher. But so, the so only enemies that really pose that big of a threat are the bosses because there's a huge difficulty spike when a boss shows up. Right. And it is not worth it to spend those. <laughs> it's not worth it at all because you um, you know, you know, accrue them so slowly. But, uh, but on top of that, you know, you can really run through uh, any, or I've found so far, you can run through any of these little missions very quickly. Yeah, I'm looking at my character right now on my phone. I still have at least one, no, two, three rank ones. Let's see, what do I even have have hooked up? There's, it's we're talking about the control scheme. Basically, uh, it's an isometric, you know, top down looking view. It's very much like you would get with Diablo. It's touch based, so you touch an enemy, you shoot at them. Um, you double tap, and it activates the targeted. Uh, ability. I usually use uh, a grenade. I've got a rank 2 grenade that I use. Um, there is a self-tap. You double tap on yourself and it does something. I use crowd control because it basically uses like a force repulse and pushes everybody away even though you're not supposed to be a force-sensitive character. Mm -hmm. um, there's a passive ability that helps you, you know, take more damage or something. Um, there's a directional ability. You tap and scoot your finger backwards and it's almost like controlling a rock'em sock'em robot as you move um, counterclockwise or clockwise, it rotates the character's ability too. I use that with like a scatter shot thing, uh, the holdout blaster. And there's ultimate that as you gain, or as you take damage or deal damage, it charges up and you just tap a little icon down in the corner. The control scheme and the variants of the different abilities are really, really cool. It's just difficult to really get to a point where you're able to customize with a lot of the stuff that you want because of the way that funky progression system works. Yeah. But I love the control scheme. I mean, I've never played a game like this on a phone or a tablet. And because usually when I play a phone or a tablet game, if it's not a collectible card game or something, I hate the controls. And this felt really intuitive to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you because that, that was a thing that I thought, which even still, I got to say, it's I would think playing on your phone is a nightmare. <laughs> uh, I don't know how big a screen you have on your phone, but if I tried to play it, you know, I have an iPhone 5. And if I tried to play it on there, I just would not think it would be much fun at all. Yeah, well, I, I, that's why I borrowed my wife's uh, uh, tablet that I got for her ages ago. And I actually have now... It, of course, this is the one platform it doesn't exist on, right? I now have a, a Windows 10 laptop that has the thing where you can kind of flip it over and it becomes a tablet with the touch screen and everything. But of course, there isn't a Windows version oh, of this man. game yet. There's not a Windows <laughs> tablet version of the game yet. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, you were talking about that. And then, so I think the one thing is I don't like that. I think they call it Chromium. Does that sound right to you? 
for the the stuff that you spend you can actually spend money on and is a little harder to get i think so i'd, I'd have to see like, yeah, to pull it up here and look it's it's the little white crystal looking things it almost looks like a a hat right but see and that's the thing is that you have you have those white crystals you have the candy cane crystals uh yeah chro- uh chromium yeah i'm looking at it right here so that's the biggest thing is i, I think that with a lot of their stuff, they get a little convoluted because things kind of seem the same. And there's there's so many different types of currency. So you have uh, your, your chromium, and, and that's the, the stuff that you can spend actual money on. And so when you go to your supplies and you have your, your crane, you have your requisition script crane, which gets you the lower level gear, or you have the premium crane, which you use the chromium for. And, uh, you know, just to show you, so like right now it's telling me that uh, it would cost me 40 chromium. I have 354. So that's, you know, eight plays and then I'm out. So, uh, you know, so you have these little crystals called chromium and, and that's one thing. And then you have, like I said, the cheaper, the scripts, which seem like you don't get those a lot either. Oh, you, eventually they'll build up, um, especially if you're doing a whole lot of crew runs and stuff like that. But, but yeah, they're, they're, easier to come by though and you don't have to spend real money on those right right which is good because you're buying crap (laughs) right and so then on top of that you get your other type of colored crystals to upgrade like crew and stuff i'm trying to bring up my inventory screen to see just how many of these there are i have a very hard time with the crystals being able to tell which are which because the crystals are upgradable too and there's only like if you get a level five piece of gear, a level four piece of gear, only a level four crystal is going to help you boost that up from four to five or whatever as far as the number of stars go. And it's really difficult sometimes to tell which crystal becomes which other crystal because there's not a lot of variety of the colors. Like there's uh, there's the orange with red and there's the red with orange. Mm-hmm. There's the purple with blue and the blue with purple. Yeah. But they all kind of look the same. Mm-hmm. Because they tend to put the lighter color at the top and the darker color at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm with you, and and so that's you know I didn't even realize you could upgrade those. Yeah, um, I didn't either. But now I'm looking at them. Yeah, you have the dull kayaks. So 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 it does appear that so there's the the candy cane ones are dash scraps. Okay, <laughs> and and you can upgrade those, and then then there's others. So so basically, you have all these different kinds of crystals that go into upgrading gear and crew. And to me, like I said, it's, it's even confusing knowing which ones require what in order to, you know, it says upgrade unlocked when blueprints earned and recipe complete. So I have to get a blueprint and then I need to get the certain crystal in, in order to have the, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. So that, that is their, you know, currency, system uh, abroad is very confusing to me like i said between uh chromium crystals and you know the the money part i understand but you don't use much of that well just you talking i mean i've already been kind of confused by that and even <laughs> you talking through it i'm even more confused now. right right so um i guess if we want to explain that a little further if bruce if you want to talk about or ask about any part of it, and or Nathan and I can try to break it down to make it a little less confusing for anybody. 
Well, actually, I mean, you really are clearing things some up because I, like you were saying, I didn't even notice the different colors, but it sounds like it's the same type of colors, just a, just a variation of where they are. Um, but, uh, I mean, really, to me, it's just a matter of just going through and just clicking on things, and it, it, it starts to become clearer and clearer the more you start to do it. But if, early on, it was very confusing at first. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things with, like, this being a MMORPG is that, you know, it's, uh, the multiplayer is, is kind of key. It's, it's good to have somebody who knows what they're doing in these games, and there always seems to be people out there who actually know what they're doing. But a lot of times you'll get the, oh, just go read the forums. And it's like, I don't even know what to be asking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, if I type in, what are those white things with the candy cane stripes, and how do I use them? I'm probably not going to get very good search results. So just help me out here, you know? Yeah, you're going to get Christmas stuff instead when you put candy canes in. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I mean, if you're having a hard time trying to figure out what to search, that can kind of be a pain, and, and sometimes, you know, it makes people feel like they're uh, they're superior if, if they talk down to you, so. It's a lot of, I think a lot of the playing that game is, it, I mean, it's trial and error. You know, eventually you get a sense of, okay, if I click on this piece of my gear, what type of crystal do I need for it? Okay, I need to look out for that particular color and hope that when I get that color, it's actually the one of that color that I need. Um, uh, a lot of it is inventory management, it feels like, at right. this point. Again, I'm, I'm at the point where I've purchased with crystals uh, that I didn't buy with real money. I just earned them. Um, I've purchased up to the point where I've got 150 storage space. Um, to be able to hold this stuff. And I'm still constantly, when new stuff comes in that's a duplicate of something I already have or something I don't need for a collection to get blueprints, I'm just constantly selling them off, selling them off. The, the inventory screen, I mean, again, it's a mobile game. I'm not sure how they could have necessarily done much else with this. It just, it's kind of a confusing way that they've got the inventory set up as far as what numbers represent what. How can you tell what's more powerful or less powerful than something else? If you're going to go try to sell something, how do you sort it so that you know you're not going to sell something you actually don't have a duplicate of? Because right. none of the names that show up when you're trying to go to the, the, the screen to be able to actually sell off all your extra stuff. It's, it, it's, it's odd. It's like the gameplay itself and the control scheme they really managed to nail. And the concept behind it, they managed to nail. And they've been referencing this game like mad. It's referenced in Lost Stars. There's an interlude in Aftermath. You know, the book where the interludes are way more interesting than the actual story ever hey is. Now. That's my um, favorite book so far. <laughs> there's all kinds of cool references to it. And the concept is cool. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as you get to the actual management of things, the, the, tr the transactions, the way that the crystals work, the way you get the crystals, the way the loot drops work... That backside feels like it's broken. Yeah. And in fact, it was for a while. I got on here after being away from it for about probably a month, and I got a ton of messages sitting in my inbox on there basically saying, yeah, so uh, the NAR HIPAA missions weren't dropping the right loot. So here's a bunch of extra loot, one of which was actually a helmet that I could use. But yeah. it was basically a, we realized the loot wasn't working, so here you go. And that's like the third time they've done that since the game came out. So they're working to address the things that are not working right, but for now it really kind of feels, I don't know, I don't know how people who aren't obsessive or trying to get it for a timeline or something, I don't know <laughs> how many people are actually going to progress all the way to what's now the end 
to want to push on to Bespin, which makes me wonder how much longevity the game actually has. It's it worries me because the concept is fantastic from the Iron Blockade and Adelard and all that stuff and how do you spread the word and and the twist at the end that goes right along with the Purge Troopers and all. It's 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 this great promise, but Kabam or Kaboom or whatever they call themselves is basically just went meh. It mm. seems like when it came to a lot of the the back end stuff, it feels like they had to rush it out, which is also the complaint that I have with with Battlefront at this point. A lot of the Star Wars stuff right now feels like it was just sort of a, it must be out by the time we're pushing for The Force Awakens. Right, right. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's a a multifaceted um, topic to discuss, you know. In some ways, I'm like, ah, I dislike that. But in other ways, I'm like, I kind of like that Disney's saying, all right, we're going to get on it. So, yeah, you know, but but the the point is, for me, I I, I do want to give kudos to Kabam for say actually saying, "Hey guys, we screwed up. Here, just take this. Our bad, you know." Because I I also got that uh, that little message, and I was not playing that uh, those missions, so it was cool that I was, you know, they're at least saying, "Look." We're just giving it to everybody across the board. We're trying to fix it. So I, I do think they mean well. And I do think they're trying to work the bugs out. Um, it's just, I got to wonder for for this company. You know, I'm not very familiar with this company. And I think it's a, a really ambitious undertaking from Kabam. You know, I, I don't know of any other games for a tablet that are out like that. You know, I, I know that we have uh, the the Knights of the Old Republic game, but that is a port, you know, that's not initially built for this. So, so to have a game like this, that's actually built for a, uh, you know, a mobile device type platform. I, I think it's really cool. I, I would like to see them fix some of these issues. I don't think it would be very hard you know, to me, the, the main thing that I'm running into is just, you know, some clarity. And I just think that it would be, it would really behoove them to make it a lot simpler to understand how to upgrade things. I think that there's just way too much complexity in trying to upgrade things, you know, uh, through the level system plus the, what do you call it, the rating system as well? Yeah, you've got the player rating. Right now, mine is 1884. You have your player level that's determined by XP that now caps at 40. Every piece of gear you have has, let's see, like, let, let's just look at, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to pull up my new helmet here, okay? Mm -hmm. um, it's got a level in terms of, uh, of something that builds with XP. It's got a star rating in terms of how many times you can upgrade it to the next tier of items. And this particular one has an attack rating, an armor rating, a utility rating, a reduced damage rating, an armor penetration rating, a resistance rating, and a salvage ranking that gives uh, two different symbols for stuff that you get when you salvage it. I have yet to ever really see a point in paying attention to any of those <laughs> numbers, really. Yeah. It's down at the bottom, there's a little thing. If you put on some kind of armor or you grab a new weapon and it gives you a green plus symbol congratulations, you're getting more out of that than you did in your old gear, keep it. If it's red and goes minus, don't. It's, they, again, it's like, 
and, and I give them credit for this. They're trying to make a Star Wars miniature version of something like Diablo for freaking mobile devices, and that is incredibly ambitious. But the scale of the platform should mean you have to at least somewhat scale back what you're trying to do, and it feels like they're, they, they've made the upgrade system, they've made the, the rating system, the, the statistics for the different pieces of gear and whatnot way more complex than a mobile game should really be. If this was a console game, maybe, but it feels like like that end is bloated. The The gameplay itself feels pretty fun, and it's in small chunks, so you can just pick up and play. But it's like they, they kept to that mindset of this is for people on the go on their mobile devices when it came to the style of play, but when it came to anything behind the scenes as far as advancement and development, they were thinking that they were doing a console or a PC game that people are going to be spending hours sitting in front of a screen with. Right. Yeah, it's... You know, it's so funny. It's, like, it's it's just like, hey, Kabam, just do less. <laughs> it's, an, it's like an identity crisis in a yeah. sense. But they've come out with something that I mean, I'm still, I'll still pick it up every now and then and play. And I'll still pick it up right. and hope that we've unlocked Vespin, so it is something enough to yeah, it's, to and, bring people back to it. And they they give you enough things that are, are simple enough to do every day to pick it up every day. You know, you get your your daily rewards, which. You know, if you consistently log in every day, those get higher. And then, of course, you have your crew runs. And so if you don't have a lot of time to devote to it, if you're like, oh, you know, i am I'm got to run to work real quick, you can pick it up, uh, you know, log in so that you, you uh, get that daily reward, run over to your uh, crew menu, send your crew out on some missions, go do your thing, and you come back later and, uh, and, and receive the rewards for those crew runs. So I, I like that. I think that's a cool way to manage something um, and, and keep yourself building up and leveling up if you're not able to actually devote the time to it that day. And because it's a mobile game, you can actually turn on notifications so it can alert you, just like with a text message or something, it can alert you when a crew run is done or when there's some new mission that's available that's only available at a certain time of day perhaps or a sector battle that started. So you've got that cool integration there with the features of a mobile device. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of lot of cool things to it. There's a lot that they can really build it up, and and that's the thing too that's awesome is you're not stuck with the game the way it is with it being you know this this mobile game. Well, they can just run an update and and you're good. Now, I, I know you can do that with video games now and stuff too, but. You know, it's I, I feel pretty positive about it. I think it's got to work out its kinks, but like I said, this is this is pretty early on for it. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll get more from it. Now, here's the one thing that I do got to ask about, and I think it's really cool. I, I I loved the the concept when I first heard about it, and I honestly said, you know, I'm like this seems to be our biggest uh, portion of information going into the force awakens, you know, what was coming out of this game. But the thing that's, that's funny to me. So, so it's talking about how the Anoat sector is locked down and you have this iron blockade, but then I have to ask what's, what's blocking it. Did they go into that detail or do they just say there's a blockade? There's ships that are basically catching people as they're coming into the system and whatnot. They're monitoring spaceports and, and that sort of thing. And, Really, it seems like the more important thing, it's less the physical 
goods and ships being able to get in and out and much more about information. Okay. They've locked down like the local holonet basically. So for instance, I mean that when, when they eventually find a transmission from the rebel Alliance to be able to know what's going on. I mean, it's, it's grounds for extermination. Um, uh, I guess spoilers for a minute, maybe for those who need to jump ahead. Um, once you get that message from Leia at the end, or what is now the end, you go back to the cantina where you're supposed to be meeting with Happy and Riley, and that place is completely freaking destroyed. Oh, wow. Riley is barely alive. Happy has managed to, I think, die. They, they say it in a weird way that makes me think that he's dead. Um, <laughs> and you need to get the hell out of there, because the Purge Troopers are going to kill everyone who had any contact with you because of them knowing that you've accessed that information. Which, again, is that crazy moment of, holy crap, Status quo has changed. We got to get going to Bespin someday. But still, <laughs> I mean, as I, and I, again, I give this to to Kabam. Um, it doesn't feel like it really ties that much into what we're leading into with the Force Awakens yet. But then again, between Shattered Empire, Lost Stars, the the little future prologue and epilogue in the ki- in the the younger reader books, um, uh, aftermath, all of that stuff is really with the exception of the stuff in the younger reader books that seem to be like little sidebars to maybe the movie or right before it, most of that stuff has only pushed us a few months at most past Return of the Jedi. Nothing's really giving us the journey to The Force Awakens in the material called Journey to Force Awakens. (laughs) Closest thing we got is the background on why the Star Destroyers crashed on Jakku that we get out of Lost Stars. But this game, and it's a mobile game. Mm -hmm. It's free. And it's still... As basic as that story was that I described earlier, it still has significantly more story than Battlefront does. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I will. It, yeah, Battlefront's a whole other thing. We'll have to speak about <laughs> another time. But, well, but I mean, yes, this game really does take the time to try to tell a decent story. And it's hard to do on a mobile device. It's hard to do when they're just standing there constantly talking to each other. But. There are nuances to it, even uh, the, the idea of a, an old friend of the family who became a rival of the family and a couple members of that rival family somehow either either broke Riley's original legs or her cybernetic legs. And that's why she's got these damaged cybernetic ones now that she needs to get money to try to fix. And and that's part of what you're trying to do for her. And there's little nuances to the character interactions that I'm surprised to see on a mobile device especially in a mobile Star Wars game, because we usually don't get that, and they've managed to do pretty well. Yeah, that's actually pretty hardcore. I don't know if I just shot past that, or I haven't got there yet. With the, I just don't the think we've got the there yet, because I'm on level 9, you're on 12. I mean, I've got picked up some of these things, but... Uh, what planet are you guys on? You guys both on Burning Cone, or on Matau, or where are you? I think I'm shooting back and forth between the two currently. So the two of those, yeah. I think I think they start really the, things really kind of start revving up with the character interactions once you meet Tam Bastion and once you start going on missions to Anoat. But by that point, you've already gone through the first three planets worth of stuff. And a lot of players aren't going to stick around that long. They're just going to they're going to feel like the grind is too much of a grind and give up. A lot of those cool story hooks that are meant to draw you in are so late in the game that I'm wondering how many people are actually catching them. You know, it's, it's oh, the same so, thing yeah. with the end game. 
Yeah. This, is should, this should have been earlier because that's the thing. I don't feel like I'm really getting caught up into the story that much. And I am right. reading through it as I'm going through, but it just doesn't, it hasn't captured me as being much of a story. But what you're saying sounds really good. It's like now I'm waiting to really get to that part, but you're right. I'm, I'm going back and forth between the same planets. I'm just kind of stuck there right now. Mm. And the boss, the boss battles are cool because they introduce some new mechanics every so often but you don't really get boss battles very often. Again, not until you really get to some of those later levels where you're actually having to go after Imperial targets and their Imperial officers, um, stormtroopers with special abilities and stuff like that. I mean, for the most part, the grind of the game, not just in the early levels, but in all the little side uh, daily credits missions and uh, daily mission here, daily challenge here, daily opportunity here... All the things you're going to have to do to get enough XP eventually to start pushing beyond one story mission a day because of the, the caps on everything. All of those, you're tending to fight the, basically the same scenarios over and over and over and over again. Again, in small chunks works great. gets very tedious and monotonous when you're trying to play. You're just like, I, I just want to get to the next level. Like I knew... <laughs> I knew as soon as I started going to Narhippa, I was like, I'm on the last few levels. Hell yeah, this is going to be great. And it took me probably two days between each of the next story missions to get enough XP because of the caps on activities to actually unlock the next story level. It, in the progression system, making it sort of an artificially long game. I mean, I would even have paid real money if they would just let me unlock the freaking level. <laughs> you know? There's yeah. so many different opportunities of, you know, uh, shut up and, and take my money. Yes. But not yes. so much. It, it's I, Have you guys ever played any other games by this company? I don't think I have. I, I'd never heard of them before. You know, maybe, because I'll be honest, I don't normally pay attention to who makes stuff usually. But I, I'm not familiar with what they make. Now, I can, I can wiki it real quick and see. But... Uh, you know, well, they've done, let's see, they've done uh, Wartime, Dragons of Atlantis, Edgeworld, The Godfather, uh, Stormfall, Age of War, Pirates, Tides of Fortune. I'm looking at all these different things, and, I mean, they just, none of them, I, I don't know that I've even heard of most of them. But then again, I've not heard you know, of any of those. Mobile games are a dime unspent on a free game a dozen. Right, right. Well, I mean, you know, few things are Clash of Clans and... Uh, words with friends, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's, I think those are like the two big ones that people play. They seem to be big on um, on licensed games, though. They've got games for let's see, Hunger Games, uh, Lord of the Rings. There's a Marvel game that they got Marvel Contest of Champions. They got Fast and the Furious Legacy. They seem like they've been around the block a lot, which may be. You know why we're getting something out of here that at least tries to be ambitious instead of being just a cheap cash in because it seems like there's so many opportunities they don't want to make money off of us. <laughs> right, right. I even see they have The Godfather on here too. Yeah, yeah. He'd mentioned that one. I want to say, I, and I could be wrong, but I want to say I have heard about that game and maybe it seems like at one point people were playing it, but I could totally be wrong. It's like I said, I'm I'm hardly ever up to date with the trends unless it has to do with star Wars. And sometimes then I'm even not up to date. So, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I definitely hope to see more come out of this game and I, I hope that they, they keep it up. You know, it could only benefit them to, to actually look for ways to simplify and then 
you know, make it easier for people to spend money because right now I don't think people are, I don't think anyone's seeing the benefit, you know, like we're talking about with the chromium, you, you spend the money on the chromium and then you say, okay, wh- where can I then spend that chromium? Well, you can spend that chromium on getting some more gear. Okay. <laughs> like, and, well, it's and like, there's always room to simplify it. If it makes for a better experience for the player. I mean, destiny is phenomenally successful. And even Destiny has simplified the way that some of its upgrade system works over the, the course of several expansions. The, the real key is that Kabam just needs to be able to, to have the time and the manpower to stick with it, keep up a support team, keep up with the development, and not just sort of just let this go and be like, okay, well, it's, what is it Lucas says, you know, movies are never finished. They're simply released. Well, don't just say this is released if it's really not finished. Keep tweaking it. If if this and that's why it boggles my mind that they're not doing more in the game with the microtransactions to try to get more profit out of it. Because mm-hmm. you would think that that is the way that you would get the money to be able to keep the process going. It's kind of like again to make the Destiny comparison. Destiny just announced that they're not doing regular expansions or DLC anymore for the next year. Instead, all the updated content and new missions and new quests are coming free to everyone um, who's got the previous materials. But what they've done is they've instituted new microtransactions to buy stuff that has no influence on gameplay. It's, it's emotes. It's color schemes for the vehicle that you can drive. But it's bought with real money. Mm-hmm. And they're using that to pay for the support team that's going to keep it going. Now, granted, they've got a much larger base of players and players that are already invested probably 100 to $200 deep in this game. But it's that same concept of as long as you can come up with a revenue stream that you can trust that's going to keep coming in, the more you can support it over the long run and not just wind up abandoning it. There's tons of games out on mobile devices that had just awesome support to begin with. But a few months down the road, a year down the road, the team has had to move on to something else to keep the doors open, to keep the right. lights on. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. I kind of hope that's not the case with this since it seems like they are constantly pumping out games that they're not like, hey, we did something fun, you know. Well, let's kind of keep working with it. No, 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 no. Time to move on to the next thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to see it abandoned, but um, it's it's still early on. I think uh, I think Bes- Bespin shows us that there's a broader plan. The fact right. that Bespin is needing to be unlocked, as asinine as that is, and as annoying as it is right now, the fact that that certainly means there are a bunch of other you know levels to do, enemies to fight, gear to get, sets of gear to get, story to evolve. And it's right there sitting on the screen. It just has to be unlocked. Tells me there's at least a broader plan for maybe, what, another year or so of content, if not more, that they're already sitting on. They're just waiting for the community to to, to make it happen, which is an odd decision, but should at least confirm that they've got a longer range plan than than a lot of mobile games. Have. Michael, I have a question for you. You mentioned about having the Stormtrooper helmet. I can't find that. Where can I possibly get that? So with the Stormtrooper helmet, I had to actually, before the game came out, I went to the website and I saw where it said something like, oh, hey, go ahead and sign up for this game and you can get some cool, you know, uh, pre-registration items. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I plan on getting this anyway. So I went ahead and, 
filled out my information or whatever. And, and then once I went and logged in through that email, uh, it, it gave me a escaped Wookiee slave as a crew uh, member. And then it gave me the DL-44 blaster and then the Stormtrooper helmet. So, And it took a couple of days of playing uh, for it to actually drop that for me. So I don't know if either... Uh, now, if you didn't pre-register, then, then you're not going to see it. But if you did then you know see if you get that pre-register email look for that pre-register email kind of open that up make sure that you've you've done that and then make sure that you're you're checking for a couple of days and, and that should pop up but yeah see i thought i pre-registered i'll have to go look for that yeah yeah you if you pre-registered then you, you'll have uh they'll have sent you an email so but it, it seems like a lot of people didn't know because you know that's one thing that I get asked by people in, in the chat. They're like, well, "Where did you get the stormtrooper helmet?" And I'm like, "Well, I pre-registered. How do you do that?" And I'm like, "It's too late. Why do you care?" <laughs> it's called pre-register. <laughs> I want right, to pre-register. Post-register. Is okay. Post-register. <laughs> right. Now. <laughs> right. So. Yep. I will say I I I I don't know. I think that I think we're being pretty fair. To the game, I think that this is a game that it's very easy to either tear into mm-hmm. or just praise the heck out of within the first little bit and then sort of set aside and not dig too deeply into it. I think this is one of the first conversations I've heard on this game and been able to participate in that just, I think it feels like we're, be- we're being relatively fair to it, which which right. is good because this game usually does not get a fair shake. Right. Well, I think most games don't get a fair shake to be honest. It seems like True. you know, har- uh, some of the harshest people out there are, are gamers for sure. So, um, you know, it's a lot of times I, I think that it's like, okay, hold on, take a step back and let's think about this and, and not just completely rip it apart and be like, oh, I can't believe that this game does not have the blue armor. It only has the red and the green armor. And it's like, Dude, I'm waiting. Dude. Someday there will be the great clash, uh, a, a a brawl in a mall somewhere between fans of Skylanders and Disney Infinity and Lego <laughs> Dimensions just beating the hell out of each other and maybe well, even beating each other with the actual toys. That's a, a totally different conversation because, so, yeah, so I noticed that there's the Lego game. I didn't know about this until I was going in to look at some of the other uh, Disney Infinity characters and i'm like wait there's a lego game as well oh and and it is awesome but Uh, it 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 has no star wars characters and probably never will because it's a direct competitor for disney infinity well but um lucas slash disney will still get that money though yeah but i mean so far there's been no indication of it i mean they got a ton of different uh, different franchises, and I mean, Doctor Who is actually coming out this week. The Doctor Who level will. Um, mm-hmm. Simpsons is already in it. Uh, Wizard of Oz, uh, Portal Two, Back to the Future, Jurassic World. I mean, there's tons and tons of franchises involved in this, and right. some of them have had Lego sets before, and some of them haven't. Mm-hmm. Some of them are new licensees. And you would think that with Star Wars being such a huge licensee, that if it was going to be in this game, they would have thrown it in there immediately. Well, it really seems like they're they're shying away from it because it it cuts into the market for Disney Infinity. So he, here's my here's my prediction, and and we'll find out next year. So he, here's what I think. I think uh, Disney slash Lucasfilm has took on a lot here recently. You know, especially with all the different marketing stuff and everything. 
And I, I think that they probably thought, let's let's take care of the Disney Infinity first because it's, it's got our name on it, right? That's They're probably way more kickback for that. Let's make sure and get that game out, get people understanding and established what that is. And that's what we're going to do this year. I say come next year, I, I think we'll see the Lego. Uh, I think we'll see some Star Wars characters in the Lego game and... If and when that happens, it's probably going to be ridiculous um, in fandom because I feel like well, I, I'm going to hurt you. What I'm going to hurt you here? All right. Um, June sixteenth, twenty fifteen. Report on IGN. Uh-huh. Uh, Disney says Star Wars will never come to Lego Dimensions. Star oh, Wars wow. intellectual okay. property will never make its way to Warner Brothers Toy to Life title Lego Dimensions. Uh, Disney Vice President of Production John. Vignocci, I think is how you say his name, told IGN in an interview at E3 2015. Don't count on it, he said when asked if Star Wars will ever come to LEGO Dimensions. He explained that introducing Star Wars to LEGO Dimensions would cannibalize the Disney Infinity business. Good for everyone except Disney Infinity. He also added that Disney Infinity is truer to the filmmaker's vision, at least in his play sets, and the licensees don't want franchises mixing together, which is the whole point of LEGO Dimensions and the toy box mode in Disney Infinity. So I guess... Disney Infinity is is purer because its playset modes, the story modes, only allow you to play with that franchise's toys. Because <laughs> no matter what you're playing in Lego yeah. Dimensions, you're going to be able to mix them together. Like the other day, I had Batman, yeah. Gandalf, Wild Style, the DeLorean, the Hoverboard, mm-hmm. the Batmobile, and Marty McFly all at the same time right. in my game. All cluttering up the little pad which is sweet so. but you can do the exact same things in in disney infinity i think that is just well, only, BS only in marketing. the toy box mode which is not right. any kind of sanctioned story process although authentic for disney infinity they are not canon in disney infinity at which point you say then why the hell not um what are you talking about the the non-story mode stuff no the story mode stuff in disney infinity is not canon that's not what James Swallow was saying to us uh, on Flips' back. Well, one, the Darth Maul stuff doesn't make any sense if the if the Clone Wars one is canon as far as the, mm-hmm. the relationship to the Shadow Collective and such. And the uh, the other one, the uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, the Rise Against the Empire playset mm-hmm. starts out with all of the characters already together on yeah. the Tantive 4. When I remember that being a little... Um, really it's, it's, yeah. it's the video games being checked for authenticity rather than canon. Mm-hmm. I actually asked... Before I saw the beginning of Rise Against the Empire, when it when it looked like you could sort of finagle things and maybe fit the prequel one, Twilight of the Republic, into canon, right. I actually asked Pablo Hidalgo directly, and he said, no, they're not meant to be canon. They're literally meant to be, like, thought of as toys playing. Like, it's Toy Story as a game. Okay. That's, so, yeah. no canon. Okay, that's weird, because that... Am, am I remembering that wrong, or was that different than what James told us? No, we talked about that, and we did specifically mention canon, but I think maybe... I, I, I don't know if we went so far to really define that the story is canon. I think he was saying that he was adding to canon or keeping to canon, but not... I, I don't know. Maybe it's like semi-canon, in a sense. That's, that's what they talked about when they talk about the video games being checked for authenticity. Like they, mm-hmm. they want them to be as true to canon as possible and yet still be able to be flexible enough to be a game, even if it's not necessarily brought in. That's where um, there's there's question right now, you know, is Battlefront going to be considered, are any of the scenarios in Battlefront going to be considered 
canonical or are they all just unusual versions? Because if if Battlefront is canonical, all of a sudden the way that the Battle of Hoth was fought significantly changes. Because all of a sudden there's Y-Wings involved that we never saw. Um, there's a new way to take out AT-ATs where you basically hit them with a, an ion bomb from a Y-Wing and then shoot them to death through the armor that's supposedly too strong for blasters, etc., etc., uh, the, the video games have, and the RPG and the card game and the miniatures games, they're taking a very different approach. They're, they're going for the as long as it's authentic, it's okay thing. That's why you could play, mm. for instance, X-Wing and play with, you know, send Poe Dameron in a T-70 with Dash Rindar. <laughs> the go- or not the ghost or against like Punishing One or something or against, you know, whatever else you happen to have in your toy box, to use a Disney Infinity term. <laughs> Well, See, brought it back around finally. <laughs> now, do you want to? Uh, are, are you guys cool with going into Battlefront just for a little bit? I got time. Yeah, let's okay. do it. So, so let's let's talk about that. Now, they they've recently kind of released some some of the new characters that you can play as, which are you know seem kind of cool. Now, you played through the beta. I was going to to meet up with you, and then my wife, you know, decided to play sick and then I had to go to the hospital instead. That's not true. She wasn't playing. She is going to whoop you <laughs> took us. I'm in trouble. Um, but no, so so I ended up not getting to, to play the, the beta. Um, kind of give us uh, your feel for that, man. Well, I think that um, one of the listeners to Beyond the Films, Jeff Kenda, said it best, and I really wish I had come up with this phrase, but credit mm-hmm. words do he came up with it. Um, Star Wars Battlefront appears to be the best-looking, laziest game in years. Okay. Um, graphically, it is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best graphics I've ever seen on a console. Um, and extremely authentic in its sound effects, in the look. I mean, granted, sound effects, as long as you're dealing, you know, drawing them from Lucasfilm's library, of course they're going to be authentic sounding. Right. But the look... Um, it really gets sort of the atmosphere right visually and auditorily. Mm-hmm. Um, they had se- there's multiple modes that are going to be available. You got supremacy, which is basically a 40 player clash on some of the bigger maps. You've got uh, cargo, which is basically um, sort of capture the flag, go out, get the cargo, bring it back to your base. Droid run, which is kind of similar, but there's these. Uh, these droids out there, these gonk droids you got to go get and hold on to for X amount of time. Um, there's Blast, which is just a straight-up team deathmatch. There's Drop Zone, which is sort of a point defense. Uh, and that was in the demo, where you've got these escape pods that crash down. You run up to the escape pod, claim it for your team, and have to defend it for a certain amount of time before you get the points from taking it. Uh, or if the other team's got it, you go up and kill their people and get to it and you know activate it for your team. There is uh, Heroes versus Villains, which is not in the demo, which is basically um, you know, Vader, Fett, you know, Luke Skywalker essentially battling each other uh, with some other troopers along with them. Uh, hero Hunt, which is basically seven on one side versus a hero from the other side, uh, basically on their own, essentially. There is a uh, vehicle-based space mode called, or not space mode, but uh, atmospheric mode called Fighter Squadron seems to be taking from the idea that, from what we saw in the trailers so far, it looks like most of the the dog fighting and stuff that we're going to see in The Force Awakens is in the atmosphere instead of outside, so that sort of makes sense. Um, there's uh, Walker Assault, mm-hmm. which I'll 
touch on momentarily. That's that's kind of a mess in and of itself. Um, you got missions when they talk about so so all those previous modes. Those are all multiplayer. So I guess it does make sense to hit Walker Assault here. Um, there, there's no story context at all. So if you're looking for a story like in some previous Battlefronts, it's gone. And I know people gripe and say, uh, Battlefront doesn't have a story. Didn't you play the other ones? Well, didn't you? Battlefront 2 had a story. Battlefront Renegade Squadron and Elite Squadron certainly had stories. Battlefront 3 was going to be the story from Elite Squadron. So yeah, everyone but Battlefront 1 has had a story. No story here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they're basically modes you could have ripped from, except for the, the, the flying combat. Modes you could have ripped from any other multiplayer shooter these days, pretty much for that, except for Walker Assault. Um, I actually really liked Drop Zone, the point defense, because it was a smaller map, smaller teams, um, played fairly well. Walker Assault basically has the Empire starting out with an assumed victory, kind of like the Death Star dial in the LCG. And there's these two ATATs walking towards the power generators on Hoth. When they get there, they will destroy them. Mm-hmm. But there are these uplinks, and the rebels are trying to get these uplinks activated, kind of like point defense kind of stuff again. And for every one that they get activated fully, it adds a Y-wing to an attack run. These Y-wings swoop in at certain predetermined times and drop basically ion bombs onto the ATATs that make them temporarily vulnerable to other weapons fire from turrets and whatnot. Okay. Uh, if they can destroy both ATATs, the rebels win. If either of them makes it to the end and destroys the power generators, rebels lose. I never played a single game except for one in which the rebels actually won. Okay. There are uh, there are snow speeders you can get, and you can trip a walker with a snow speeder. I watched a guy uh, on YouTube who finished a match. Uh, Right there near the end in the span of like 30 seconds because he hopped in a snowspeeder and tripped both attacks like they were nothing. <laughs> That's fantastic. Problem is, you don't just find vehicles like you did in previous Battlefront games. You just get one, wait for it to respawn, and fly off. You have to pick up a power-up uh-huh. as if you're playing, you know, N64 GameCube era. You pick up a power-up, and the power-up... Uh, sometimes it's like a rocket launcher, sometimes it's a special attack, like an orbital strike, and sometimes it's a vehicle. So you have to find the power-up that you need, hope that it's a, a, a snowspeeder, pray that whoever gets the snowspeeder knows what the heck to do with it, and then that they are successful. Okay. All of this while you're playing on this map that, and again, we haven't played more than three of these maps, but Walker Assault, if, if Walker Assault and Drop Zone on Sullust are any indication... There's nothing to these maps. There are very few buildings or structures. It's all wide open spaces. You can get shot from like a mile away and die like it's nothing. There's very little precision involved, very little skill involved. It's just spray and pray and from a mile away get shot and never see the person that killed you. Or if you do see them when they finally show who killed you, they look like an ant way back in the background. You're going to die a lot. Um, It's okay because you're just, you know, you're constantly being replaced as the same character anyway. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's a chaotic, unbalanced game mode. In fact, they've actually said they're going to work on balancing Walker Assault for release or shortly after release. People think, well, it's a beta. Of course it's not finished yet. It's a beta. Yeah, it's a beta a month out. It's not... People think a beta means it's like still being built in the early stages. That's more like an alpha. A beta is the last step before release. This is right. a stress test on their online systems. Mm-hmm. Not is the game fun or does the game work? 
Um, right. But I mean, so, so the multiplayer story, no context, kinks, right? fun, chaotic, just not a whole lot to it, but a lot of different modes. Mm-hmm. And and which I gotta say, you know, from from playing games for years, I'm not as uh, critical of that if they can make a fun game that I can enjoy playing with people. Um, I, I definitely do like good games or you know good stories and games. There for a while, that was all I was doing. You know, I'm like, oh, I really like this game, and then I'm like, well, I'm just trying to. Be like, ugh, more gameplay. Get back to the the cutscene and the storyline. You know, mm-hmm. occasionally I can kind of be like that. But also, you know, there, there's been lots of games where I did enjoy them, and that's Battlefront and Battlefront Two. I played those games so much, and even though I did play the story and everything, it wasn't the part of the game that I really enjoyed. You know, I I liked right. Uh, well, I liked uh, flying a. Uh, you know, grabbing up a, an A-wing, flying into a star destroyer, and then running around killing everything inside that star destroyer, blowing it up and getting out of there. Yeah. Which, which you can't do anymore. Well. Right, right. You can't do in this one. But you know, there seems to be a lot of other cool stuff. I, I've heard yeah. mixed reviews on that Walker Resault. Resault. That's not a word. Resault. Resault. I mean, it's it's it plays. I mean, it's very true to the film, right? The rebels mm-hmm. are going to get their butts kicked unless they pull a rabbit out of their hat. Right. Um, it just it's. I think it's mixed in with the fact that whether it's multiplayer or single player slash co-op, um, which I guess I hadn't really gotten into, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel like a good first person shooter. Like mm-hmm. I'm not exactly a connoisseur of first person shooters, but I've played my share of them. Um, most recently heavily into destiny, for instance. Okay. In a good first person shooter, the guns feel like they have some heft. The weapons feel like they are actually different from one another. You maybe have different classes of characters where it matters in terms of maybe your loadout or whatever it is that you're using. Your jumps are useful instead of skipping and not actually giving you much elevation. Um, You have maps that are designed with some sniper lanes, some line of sight things from long distances, but for the most part, somewhat in close, so there is such a thing as cover, even if there's not a cover uh, system built in, that you can actually be somewhat strategic in what you're doing. This game has none of that. Mm-hmm. The The blasters all feel the same. They feel like they have no heft whatsoever. You, Every character feels completely interchangeable, except for the heroes, and good luck getting one of those and surviving long enough to actually use it. It feels like... it. They And these are the people that made Battlefield. Right. They took sort of a generic first-person shooter went with just the bare minimum of what they would need to do to make it marginally competent, slapped it into game modes that existed in other games and called it something else and slapped a Star Wars coat of paint on it that is gorgeous and sounds great and are pushing it out there. Um, And their their thing was, well, it doesn't have to have a story. Don't worry. If you're someone who likes the single-player games, there'll be some content for you, too. Yeah, there's a training mode. There is a survival <laughs> mode that's just like horde mode, wave after wave of troopers coming in. Mm-hmm. There's just a straight up battle against an enemy AI or against a buddy, and it's just go kill each other. And there's a hero battle that lets you do that with the heroes involved. Again, no story context for those who are looking for that. But where's the where's the innovation? Mm-hmm. It feels like it, graphically, this is such a step beyond anything we've ever seen especially for Star Wars. But from a gameplay perspective, it's a step backward in many respects. It's, it doesn't even really... F- they're calling it Battlefront, but it doesn't really feel like Battlefront either. Not really. Most of the game mechanics are gone. Heroes. 
Are you gonna are you gonna have to earn that hero status and keep benefiting your team in order to stay that hero? No. Pick up a random power coin or, or whatever you call it, a little power up, and turn yourself into it. It's it's kind of like what if you took again what if you took a generic first person shooter, slapped Star Wars on top of it, um, made it a multiplayer only, so you didn't have to spend any time on anything single player really at all, and you geared it towards not the first-person shooter market, which is a pretty dedicated market out there, as Halo 5's launch recently shows, um, and instead make it as accessible to casuals as possible and expect that the casuals will give you enough positive reviews for your weak-feeling guns, for your interchangeable-feeling characters and guns and so forth, that it will, and the fact that it looks gorgeous will drown out the negative side from those that are the more dedicated, long-time gamers and, and who are going to be more critical about it. And, and this, I've got a couple of friends of mine who are just squee over this because it's Star Wars and it looks gorgeous. And it is fun to kick each other's butts if you're able to you know, actually get in there and have fun with it. I'm going to live stream this thing. I had fun screwing around with it. But this is not the game that people were expecting. And it certainly shouldn't be the first AAA title that we're getting for Star Wars after the big Disney purchase. There's, they needed to push something out like from Visceral Games or someone who's making one before this, but this game had to be put out before The Force Awakens could get out there. Right, yeah. It's, you know, my thing is I, I'm i a little more lenient on some things, and I haven't played it yet, so I definitely don't want to, to do any criticism of the game until I've, I have actually put hands on a controller. Um, one thing though, that I, I do have to kind of, you know, crinkle my nose up at and, and not for the same reason, um, that, that, you know, most people are, but is this, the season pass thing now? Oh, good God. So, so, oh, so here's, 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 here's Whoa, what's what the I season pass thing. So, so here's what I want to say about this because, well, but, but before you even get the season pass, what, what about the different edition? What about the deluxe edition? Right, you pay an extra right. $10 to get early access to three guns you can normally get in the game and you can get fairly quickly in the game and two exclusive emotes for 10 bucks. Though I'm not the one to talk about that. I'm buying that one and I spent right. 20 bucks on emotes and exclusive stuff for Destiny. So, you know, screw me on that one. <laughs> but there, there's already sort of that what? with that deluxe edition that wasn't all that deluxe unless you get that big one from Walmart that gives you a little Han Solo mini fridge. And now. The season passes on top of that already mm -hmm. rubbing some folks the wrong way. So, well, well, let's back up for one second. So now I'm getting the the PlayStation 4 Darth Vader PlayStation bundle. Now, does that have the deluxe uh, edition or is that just the standard edition? I will find uh, the PlayStation 4 Battlefront bundle as I jump onto... And you suck, by the way, for getting... Um, being able to get that bundle with the the uh, only reason the I got it was to play with you guys. I was yeah, totally it's gonna true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lie and I'm gonna live stream the heck out of it, even if the game <laughs> drives me nuts. So mm. I because I, I want to be able to make it just like a visual version of a podcast. I want people to be able to jump in and just play because it's mindless gameplay. So right. mindless fun and just talk some Star Wars. Uh, and yes, it does come with that uh, the deluxe. Edition. The deluxe edition, you guys can tell if you're looking for that. The regular edition has the ATAT -AT on the front. The deluxe edition is the one with the Stormtrooper helmet. Oh, well, that's 
I wish they had done that the other way around. <laughs> AT-ATs are much more uh, aesthetically pleasing than just a simple helmet, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. So, okay, well, I'm, I'm glad that that's the case. And, you know, honestly, I'm super pumped about uh, being able for them to porting over, like, Bounty Hunter and, and some of those other classic games. I think that's that I'm super psyched about. Well, they, they did that already, though. They just happen to be including that within that bundle. Those already exist on the PlayStation Network store. Well, I wouldn't know because I don't own one yet. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> right, I'm just right. Saying. So, but, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's good that that's all in that bundle. And, and I mean, heck, so uh, uh, PlayStation's $350. Bucks, you, um, the game is 60 bucks. You know, so I'm saving ten bucks to do it that way since well, I don't seventy bucks even because you're getting the deluxe right. edition that has the extra ten buck price tag on it. So I'm already saving twenty dollars getting a sweet Darth Vader PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I'm getting all of those other bonuses. So that's cool. Yeah, so, you're if you're getting if you don't have a PlayStation Four yet and you're picking up that bundle, you are getting a fantastic deal on a great console. I've got. I do have an Xbox One also. I don't play it as much. I think really in a lot of ways the difference between the two is just a question of your how much you like a particular controller or a particular exclusive game line or something. But I, I love my PS4, and that is a heck of a deal on that system. Yeah. Well, personally, I like my, my computer. That's what I was wanting to play it on. But you and Mark and Riley and everybody's like, no, <laughs> PlayStation 4. And I'm like, fine, guys. I'll spend $400 for you. Well, now um, what you got to do now <laughs> is do what me and me and my wife did, which uh-huh. is go out and get that $100. Uh, well, you'd have to get it from Best Buy. And I know you loathe Best Buy. Oh, so have somebody happening. get for you. Nope. I don't want any money um, going there. That, that Sand Trooper Turtle Beach limited edition headset thing that I'm going to be using for the, the live streaming. That sucker is is pretty. But the X-Wing one that's not an exclusive to Best Buy also looks pretty sweet. It's just yep. not quite as as tricked out feature-wise. But that's another hundred if you want to add that, or you could add that forty or thirty or whatever it is dollar collector's edition version of the guidebook that comes with the extra stuff. But oh, you were talking about the other money pit, the season pass, <laughs> right? Well, and God, uh, and I'm buying all of these. What kind of schmuck am I? Yeah, that's a good question. The kind, you're you're I'm buying the, kind the of schmuck that buys everything on Blu-ray and DVD and all the re-releases <laughs> for a collection. That's the kind of schmuck. We're I'm. we're a special breed. You should you should see my my toy room now, and it's Bruce's fault. But wait, um, what did I have? anything to do with that well because i used to be just a mint and box collector now i am a mint and box collector and hey if i i think that the the particular packaging on this figure is pretty crummy but the figure inside is actually really sweet well now i've bought these special stands to put open that figure up and pose it on those special stands thanks bruce Disney, you're welcome. Just write me a check. No problem. <laughs> so, Oh, and Michael, I want to thank you again for uh, offering to get me the Darth Vader PS4 for Christmas. I think that's really awesome of you. Thank you so much in advance. Yeah, you just keep waiting on that one, buddy. So He didn't say which Christmas. <laughs> 20... 20- Someday there will be a used version of that console sitting at a GameStop somewhere two or three generations down the line, and you can give it to him for Christmas. That's a good idea. By the time we're not using TVs, it's all hologram projection, and you won't have anything to plug it up with anyway. See? This is why we let Nate poop in the vault. (laughs) There you go, because I'm (laughs) crapping everywhere else. (laughs) Oh, this stinks. So so here's my thing. I I, want to say ahead of time, because a lot of people don't think about this. I have no problem with games charging for DLC. 
I have no problem with that because essentially video games cost $60 for this generation's uh, video games. Last generation's video games cost $60, same amount. Prior to that, they cost $50, so $10 cheaper. Prior to that, $40. And, and you go back and actually and then when you get back to the um, around the Super Nintendo games, they were actually... They ranged, and sometimes they could be $80. And that's not $80 today money. That's $80 mm-hmm. 1990s money. So, Oh, yeah. I, I bought games at Toys R Us back then where I'd go shopping with birthday money or something. They were like almost $100 for a Street Fighter game back on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. So, so the point that I'm getting at is today you're paying less for the video game. And if you want the extra content, you can you can either get the season pass and get all of it. That's what I'm going to do. Will I use all of it? Do I even know what's in it? Not not at the moment, but I'd say, oh, season passed. That's a thing that I need to save $50 for. But anyhow, I have no problem with any of that. I, I think that's a a much better system than than you know just saying, oh, you're paying 100 bucks. That's what games cost now. And you know, to me, I think I think it's fair. I think it, it helps for anyone's budget. I know we've all seen the, the nice little hamburger models where it's like, well, it's, now you got to pay for the ketchup. And the, I'm, I'm so sick of seeing that little meme. But point being, the reason that I am a little irritated, and maybe I don't have justification to be, but didn't they say that they weren't going to be doing this? I don't remember them ever saying that they weren't. I know that they said that the, the Jakku mission uh-huh. um, that is a big selling point was if you pre-order it, you get access to it like a week early. Then everybody else will have access to it, and that will be free. So the impression people got was that, oh, well, if there's going to be expansions, the expansions will be free. But I don't know that they ever said it. And, and I got to say, the season pass, $50 for a season pass is rough, given the fact that you know we've bought season passes for other games for significantly cheaper than that. But it's four different expansion packs, you're getting each of them two weeks early if you have the season pass than if you buy them individually. You get an exclusive emote for what that's worth. Um, so assuming that each pack is actually worth, say, a $10 or $12 price tag, mm-hmm. it's, it's essentially a similar price. You're just getting it a little bit early, paying a little bit more to get it up front and guaranteeing it. The, the worry about a season pass... Part of it is the price difference and, well, what is, you know, is this DLC worth it or not? Because there have been some times where DLC has been overpriced or it's been sitting on the disc that you bought. Right, right. And you're just paying to unlock something that technically you already own from a physical standpoint. Uh, in this case, that doesn't appear to be the case, at least. Um, they're talking about downloads and, and what and actual downloads for, for updates and whatnot. Uh, but it, it comes down to whether or not there's enough content to justify it. The, the Taken King expansion for Destiny just recently was 40 bucks mm-hmm. for an expansion. But it expanded the game in such a ginormous degree that once it was actually out, folks were like, oh, well, okay then. You know, I shouldn't have griped about this necessarily before. If they can get enough value out of this, the season pass will be okay. But asking for that much up front is kind of rough. And you run the risk of what happened with Watch Dogs, which is here's a season pass. For all this DLC, now the game doesn't get as stellar reviews as we were expecting. We may not even put out as much DLC as we were supposed to, but people have bought a season pass. We have to somehow honor that. And you right. wind up getting 
less than what you would have expected out of those DLCs because all they're doing is is just a check, you know, things off of a list to say yes, we fulfilled this obligation. And Battlefront, I mean, you've seen the reviews from the from the the beta. Mm-hmm. Um, it is going to be a divisive game. It is going to be a game with wildly varying review scores. I can't imagine the Metacritic score, which is what the companies look at. The Metacritic score is going to be particularly solid on this game, which makes me wonder, is EA really going to put the effort into it beyond that? I, I th- This first season pass, absolutely they'll give us enough of that because they don't want to get sued. Right. But will we see expansions beyond Jakku and these four? I don't know. I don't know if this game is going to have that longevity or not. I don't think it will. Right. And that's why I say, you know, with season passes, get the game first because they from everything I've seen in the past with with the season pass you just you can get it uh for quite a while after the game comes out. You can even get it usually after at least one of the DLCs is out. They keep offering it for a while. Right. They just want you to they just want you to pay all at once. Right. They don't care if it's now or later. They just want you to pay all at once. Right. So, so you don't so you don't change your mind later. <laughs> so that that's why I just say if you're getting the game, get the game. Just kind of chill on it a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm going to get the DLC or a lot of times what I do is I'll get the game, play through it, and then, because I know this is what'll happen, I will then buy the game online uh, or, or on, on for computer and then I'll turn around and get all the DLC that way. It'll be like a year later and then it'll all be much cheaper by that point. So, I don't know if I'll be able to do this since it's not on Steam and, you know, it's actually comes out for uh, Origin, I'm sure. And Origin doesn't seem to do deals, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, for, for anybody who's kind of playing around with what, what they should do, you don't have to rush to the, the season pass just now. And so I, what I found about what I was thinking was the whole no microtransactions. So I guess that is different than what I was understanding. I, when, I, when I heard that, I assumed they meant no paying for DLC, but I, I assume what they mean is you can't buy guns to right. to then go kill people faster. Or, so. or emotes or you know get some credits to be able to buy more weapons kind of stuff. Yeah. Which, they, I mean, is that a... I mean, I... I I play video games and I'm not aware of anything it's, outside of it's mobile. A thing. It is, it is very much a thing. Um, and in some case, and it, it's one of those things that depending on the company, sometimes it's really overdone. Like I've, I'm slowly playing through Assassin's Creed unity on my Xbox one because I'm trying to finish out that entire franchise before I touch syndicate that just came out. Um, and you can buy basically microtransactions for everything. Would you like to get a little bit ahead? Would you like to get a whole bunch more resources to be able to do this? All kinds of microtransactions. And mm. even, I mean, even Dead Space 3 did freaking microtransactions. <laughs> it's supposed to be a horror game. And instead, you're like, excuse me, I would like to get these resources dumped in here for That's me. Thank hilarious. you very much. Um, ro- freaking Guitar Hero is not even regular microtransactions anymore. We used to buy the songs. Now, mm-hmm. Guitar Hero, if you want to play a song, in the uh, in the library that you get for the GH Live, and may I say I love the fact that they've done it this way, so I'm not bashing it. It's just different. Right. Um, you can earn what are called plays. You can play basically these two like live 
video music channels like a VH1 or an MTV type thing back when they actually had music um, and just play with whatever is showing on the screen, level up and earn plays, uh, play tokens. Or you can spend real money to get play tokens. And play tokens allow you to go into the library of songs and just pick whichever song you want that could air on those channels and play it at will anytime that you want. Um, a lot of games are using the microtransactions. It's not just for freemium games anymore the the free games where you then pay money later on like we were talking about with uprising now it's it's freaking everywhere it seems like and ea and ubisoft are some of the biggest perpetrators so to speak of this it's part of what got ea uh was a couple years ago they got that worst company in the world award which is you know stupid (laughs) given how many are out there you know using child labor and stuff like that but (laughs) it it rubs people the wrong way right because it's that question of is it is it pay to win? Right. Right. If, if are you going to get a substantial advantage out of this game if you spend money on microtransactions? Is it going to speed up your progression, but it's something you could normally do, or is it going to be a game breaking thing? And it's it's it's, a, it's generally a matter of like personal judgment on that. But this game, apparently, none of those, which is good. It's good, but I'll be honest. It's I'm like okay, I wasn't expecting that. I would have. I'd have been like, what is this? I'm okay. I'm glad that you're not doing that thing that most people are. I mean, I, I did, like I said, uh, I I wasn't aware of it um, in, in many other shooter games. So, well, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking here. Um, Let's see. Uh, Yes. Um, Starting today, we're introducing a new way to acquire battle packs, the bundles of content that provide a mix of in-game items, including accessories, emblem uh, shapes, profile pictures, dog tags, XP boosts, knives, and plants, or paints. Uh, Battle packs can still be earned through normal gameplay progressions, but we're now giving players the option to purchase battle packs as a shortcut to catch up with their friends on the battlefield. Dice Mm. for Battlefield 4. So they most recently implemented that in their most recent... uh, I guess not the most recent, but one of the most recent titles coming from this company in a very similar vein that everybody's really comparing Battlefront to a lot. So it sort of makes sense that people be like, whoa, wait a second, yeah. if Call of Duty is doing this, if Battlefield's doing this, mm-hmm. surely Battlefront will and apparently not. But then again, Battlefront 4, or excuse me, Battlefront 4, Battlefield 4 didn't start with microtransactions. It developed them and acquired them over time. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where they they've said no microtransactions. So if if it comes up, I think it's really going to um, I think it's going to hurt them more than help them. And I, you know, I, I think maybe it's it's would hopefully be one of those things where Disney steps in and says, what are you doing? You know, look, I swear there were only ever meant to be nine films. I mean, six films. I mean, I didn't say that. <laughs> Nobody else would make more Star Wars films. I just said I wouldn't, and so on, and so on. You, you forgot the when there were 12 films. When there was, yeah, it was 12 that was going to start with A New Hope, and at one point it was just A New Hope. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that, I, I actually kind of like the fact that they've put it out there. Right. I get, if they change their mind, I mean, they're allowed to change their mind and hopefully give us a rational reason for it, and we as consumers can choose to purchase or not, as the yep. case may be. Um, I've actually chosen to do some of the microtransactions on some of the Assassin's Creed stuff just to kind of move things along because I wanted to play quickly through the series and have a ship that wasn't going to get destroyed immediately without having to spend hours and hours on the game. 
Um, but coming out and actually saying there's not going to be any, that kind of puts them over a barrel if they ever were to say, right. okay, we changed our mind. I, I like, I, I hate that I'm saying it, um, but I like EA for doing that, for saying, mm-hmm. even if, so that if they lie, yep. it'll come back. It's like a politician, right? Yeah, it's, it's the read my lips of gaming. Read my lips. No microtransactions. <laughs> Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just watched the Dana Carvey special literally earlier today watching him do Bush, uh, HW. So. I think we found uh, how you're going to do the let the Wookiee win. <laughs> exactly. There you go. There you go. I did not have microtransaction relations with that game, Battlefront. <laughs> At which point Hillary's over the side going, I'll tell you something, it's micro. And then it all hell breaks loose. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, I don't. uh, (laughs) (laughs) To end on that note. That is is where we wrap up. No, I'm just looking forward to playing it. And regardless of what we've been talking about, the good and the bad of it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, it sounds like it's kind of being dumbed down a little bit just to appeal to a broader audience uh, for more purchases. So. We'll see how it goes. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's. I don't think dumbed down is a, a fair um, thing. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Oh, okay. See, well, that's for, what for I first heard. Shooter, yep. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's. Well, I mean, like but I not, said, but I, not in a real bad way. It's just for mm-hmm. hardcore gamers, it's going to feel dumbed down. Well, yeah, it's, it's not. A, people, yeah, it's, be it's definitely not a hardcore mm-hmm. FPS player game. But but apparently, that's not the audience that they're shooting for. No pun intended. I. I don't. I think it's going to be. It's not the game that I was wanting. It's mm-hmm. it's not the game that Star Wars needs or deserves, as Batman might say, but I mean it's going to be just uh, mindless fun, looking terrific, and I I actually am really excited about starting to do the live streaming thing um, through YouTube with it. And I know that uh, Michael and I've already talked about it. Bruce, you should hop in with this and stuff. It's um, I think it's it's going to be much more of it's 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 the Star Wars equivalent of a Guitar Hero. It's going to be like the party game, the jump in for a little bit, play a little bit, it doesn't feel like it's going to have much of a time commitment to it. Leveling up doesn't seem like it makes that much of a difference. It's it's just the quick, it's it's the console equivalent of a Guitar Hero or, to bring it back around, Uprising. Uprising has more time mm-hmm. commitment than Battlefront would seem, which could be good for some people. It's just right. not going to really please the hardcore FPS players who are digging into to halo five this week or like me running through the crucible on destiny a lot <laughs> uh, well you know one other thing real quick i i, I don't want to uh keep you guys too long but but one thing i did remember now here's something that i'm interested in not just uh you know crushing rebels or whatever but but you know some of this uh dog fighting you know this atmospheric dog fighting looks really fun now did you get a chance to do any of that the beta didn't have the dogfighting per se, but in Walker Assault, you could get the power-ups to use a, let's see, an X-Wing, a Y-Wing, a TIE Fighter, a TIE Interceptor, and the, the Snow Speeder um, to do it. The, the controls are a little wonky. They, they don't turn very precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like playing the old Rogue Squadron game on GameCube with kind of a sluggish controller. Okay. Um, and, no, and again, just like the guns, none of the vehicles feel even remotely different from each other with the exception of the airspeeder that's not supposed to be a starfighter. Okay. Um, but it's fun when you do get a chance to use it, and I would imagine actually playing a dedicated mode where it's just those things and not 
hey, look, I finally got a power up to finally jump in a ship and play for 30 seconds before the ATAT shoots me out of the sky. Right. Um, that that's probably going to be great fun. And that is where this is really going to set itself apart from Battlefield and those other games, because everything else can be a clone of another game with a Star Wars skin. But you don't see Battlefield doing quite this type of thing. You don't see um, Destiny doing this type of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, to me, like I said, that's the part that I'm looking the most forward to. And, and I heard a review. And to me, this is the best possible review that's when i was like all right bring it on uh but it was i guess someone who maybe played it in alpha or something like that and and they said the space battles are the most disorganized chaotic mess and that's why it's so much fun to play <laughs> and i was like awesome bring it on you know because it just sounds you're like you're gonna love walker assault then too, <laughs> yeah it's, disorganized chaotic mess right and, and to me i mean that's war, right? You know, this whole like running around being like, I am top dog. I'm the best that, that you can kind of get with like a uh, Call of Duty. Yeah. You're taking all the players is going to die. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like the idea of like, don't worry, you'll respond pretty quickly, you know, and just smash and go. And, and and hopefully they will patch the spawns because right now on Walker Assault there is no spawn protection. You you can spawn and the enemy can be sitting on the spawn point and kill every single member of your team as they respawn and your team is just completely shut down. Right, and I mean I've seen from um, from but you can do that in other games too. It's just right. most games have moved away from allowing that to happen. Right, and and a lot of times they they kind of fix that. You know, it seems like there's lots of games that they they constantly change the spawn points just because they know that at a certain point people learn where to camp and then they show up there. So they're like, okay, time to to move them again. You know, and there's just and to to their credit, we're talking about the spawn points and stuff. One of the other things you can do, we talked about the starfighters. When you are playing Walker Assault, if you're the Imperial, you can get an ATST, or you can actually man the cannons on the ATAT. So That's those are some fun. pretty cool moments if you can pull it off. Because again, they require power ups that sort of recycle. You have to get to it first and somehow survive to activate it quickly enough to actually do it. But when you can, that's a, a pretty cool. So there, there's so many positives going on the presentation side and some of the opportunities of the Star Wars universe for the game. And at the same time, there's so many drawbacks. It, I think the, the operative word, is, the operative phrase would be, I guess, missed opportunity. More so okay. than bad game, good game. But you're going to enjoy playing it, but it's going to feel like a lot of missed opportunities. That probably makes more sense. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, as of this recording, we've got 17 days left and... You know, it's uh, it's just right around the corner. So you coming out on isn't it the anniversary of the Star Wars holiday special? Isn't that a bad omen? Oh no, November seventeenth. Oh no, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Well, oh well. I should have just got it for the computer. So <clears throat> that's been our show. Appreciate everybody for joining in. As you know, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, we're also now on Stitcher. And Bruce, you've been really working on getting us on a few places. Why don't you just go ahead and take over here? So, yes, yeah, Stitcher, that's fairly new. We're also on uh, TuneIn. If you have that app or go to TuneIn.com, you'll find us there, too. So we're, we're spreading our wings. We're more available now. Okay. Are we on that band camp yet? Uh, I don't 
think so. I'll Is that a thing that we can do? Oh God, man! American Pie flashbacks. <laughs> I don't even know. I just I just say, hey, Bruce, isn't Bandcamp a thing? And he's like, I'll look into it. And he's like, I got it set up. And for all I know, he's just like, I'm going to go eat a candy bar. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. And I'm like, awesome. And he's just like, he's so dumb. <laughs> so, well, you can read my mind, too. Oh, uh, well, hey, it's starting to work both ways, right? So, <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, if you find us now, I don't know if there's any review systems on, on Stitcher or TuneIn. But if there is... Figure it out and give us a good review. iTunes, I know you can click on over and give us a review. Uh, but whichever podcatcher you, you definitely uh, listen to us on, go ahead and, and subscribe to us. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Cloud City Casino. I am at Morris Isley on Twitter. And uh, Bruce, what, what are you again? Admiral underscore Rex. It's that underscore that gets you every time. Uh, but you can also find us on uh, Facebook at Cloud City Casino. And, of course, we have the... Uh, cloudcitycasino at gmail.com email address. Is that everything, Bruce? Did I miss something? No, I think that's it. I think uh, if anybody wants to find us, you'll be able to find us. Cloud City Casino, those are the key words. Yeah, but there's also that website. It was a trick question. You failed. So you can also... Wait, wait, wait. What website? <laughs> you can also find us at uh, starwarsreport.com. Yeah, but you Google Cloud City Casino, it'll take you there. Yeah, You're can do fired! That <laughs> And with that, Nate, where can everybody find you, man? Oh, lots of places. Uh, StarWarsReport.com. You can also find, uh, along with Cloud City Casino, you can find Star Wars Beyond the Films that I've involved with, uh, with Mark Herleman. You can find uh, Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, which is a team effort. I am one of the team members for that. Uh, probably the biggest thing recently, my Star Wars Timeline Gold, the most comprehensive Star Wars chronology available anywhere, literally, uh, topping out at almost 3,000 pages now over five documents, has just had its 2015 edition released. So you can find that at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash timeline. And, of course, you've heard me talk about the live streaming. My YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash user, I believe you need that there, slash chrono radio, C-H-R-O-N-O, like chronology, radio like radio, run it all together. Uh, there's reviews of Disney Infinity stuff with some gameplay examples and whatnot. Lots of stuff on the Fantasy Flight Games materials. My From the Star Wars Home Video Library video series is there. And that is also where I will be doing that live streaming of Battlefront and probably some Disney Infinity somewhere along the way. So oh, yeah. Lots of places. And we gotta, we gotta get some, since we're actually pretty close and uh, hopefully Christy's health is, is kicking up, we gotta get some, uh, some of those Fantasy Flight Games in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially since I took so long to paint my own board for X-Wing. It may not look great, but it's got it where it counts, kid. And that is being flat and big. That's um, that's what she said? I don't know. That's Ouch. it for our show, guys. And uh, never forget. Now, let the Wookiee win. That'd be prudent.
put an Ugnaught on a stick and just lower him down into wherever <laughs> the hell I've just been cramping. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's going in. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'll put that at the very end. There you go. <laughs>